0: Parsha Themes is for inspired people like you who are looking for engaging and relevant Parsha and Moedim thoughts. Our weekly discussions focus on uplifting thoughts and actionable ideas that will upgrade your avodas Hashem and enhance your Shabbos and Yantov table. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Tropper, and it's an honor to have you with me here today. Hello and welcome. We're in Parsha's Baal some very fascinating ideas from the Vilna Gon. So we start off with uh, talking about the menorah, which is what the uh, Torah begins the Parsha about. And there's a very famous enigmatic medrash that the grow up, sheds beautiful light on, and no pun intended, because that really is what the medrash is about. Um, there's a medrash that says, El Mul Pnei HaMenorah, uh, opposite the Menorah. Like, that's what the Pesach says, Pesach varecha Ya'ir. Um, there's a Pesach in Tehillim, capital Kufya test, the longest one in Tehillim. It's actually Pesach Kuf Lamed. So it says, Pesach varecha Ya'ir, the opening of your words, God, it's referring to, Ya'ir, will shine forth. It, uh, brightly, me bane Pisayim from the cracks. So, what does that mean? Well, it's a Medrash pellet plea. It's a, like, what does that mean? What's it talking about? So, um, and also the Graf says that what's upshot? We know that Moshe was niskasha; he didn't understand how to build the menorah. What does that mean? So, the Graf says that the menorah represents the 50 gates of wisdom. We know that there's uh, 50 gates of wisdom, just like there's 50 gates of Kedusha, it's probably the same thing, and there's 50 gates of Tumah, that we know that the Jews in Mitzrayim were at the 49th gate, and had they gone one further, they were, so to speak, irreparable at that point, whatever that means. So, so too, in the opposite direction of Kedusha, we have the 50 gates of, of holiness, and the 50 gates of wisdom, the talks about these 50 gates of Bina. And Moshe was able to get all 49 of them, but he couldn't get the 50th, and which was represented by the menorah, which is something in Torah, some, it's kind of like the unifying thing that brings everything together, that literally makes it miksha one piece, the unifying answer to everything in creation, which is godliness, so to speak. But that Moshe was not able to get. And Hashem had to create it for him and teach him how to make the menorah. So says the Gra. this idea of 50 is very, very significant. Why? He says because if you look throughout the Torah, there's five books of Moses, right? Chomishikom Konshe Torah. So, if you look at the first Pusik in each of the five books, um, it adds up to um, the 50 of the, of the menorah. Why? And it corresponds to the menorah very, very precisely, except for one part, which is that the, the, the unification, the bringing of it all together, that is something that Moshe couldn't understand, and Hashem had to do that for him and show him how it was all connected. Why is that? Because, parasha's, say for Barashas begins, Barashas Bar El Kim, Esar Shemayim, at seven words. We talked about this before, way back when, in Parshish that it corresponds to the seven days of the world, and one day of Shabbos, Sheshit made Bracious, of the creation of the world, and Shem Resting, etc., and the significance of that. But here, in a different context, which overlaps as well, but it's the seven neros that we know that there were seven lights on the menorah. There was three on each side, and one in the middle, the Shamish, as we call it. And uh, I'm not talking about the Hanukkah menorah, which we make that... Uh, Eight lights or nine total, with one one in the middle. That's specifically so because we're not allowed to create the recreate the exact same thing as in the uh, Mishkan and base of So we have the the uh, menorah in the in the base of in the Mishkan, which had seven branches, and that's the the seven words of of the opening words of Baruch. And then if you move on to Shemos, there's 11 words in that, Yisrael, that first pasuk in Shemos, which corresponds to the 11 kaftorim, the 11 knobs that were found at the psikkim in Parshish Truma and other places. If you want to look at Truma, Perik uh, Lamid, you'll see uh, pasuk Lamed Aleph. I'm uh, sorry, Perik Chafhe, Pasach Lamed Aleph, where which is the most important thing. Okay, so if you look over there, there was 11 knobs, kaftorim. And Parshas vayik so that, that's Parshas Shemos, 11 words in the first passage. And then Parshas Vayikra has 9 words in the first passage, and that corresponds to the 9 flowers that were found throughout the menorah, uh, on each side and down the middle. And then Bamidbar has 17 uh, words, which corresponds to the height, which was 18 t'vachim high. Now, it's off by 1, sometimes you just give it the liberty, Eretz guy's has different explanations. He wants to say that that not counting the bottom, it's ad the low ad That when it says um, in the pasuk that you should make it ad ad pircha, that that's that there's an element of counting uh, seventeen T'vachim. I don't really understand what that means because the base the Yurecha, most Farishim say that it was two um high. So that means that there's sixteen not counting that. So that's Sarachian on many fronts, there's many people that try to explain. There's another explanation that tries to say that it refers to seven candles and five um, and, and and ten malchahel and mahtosa, the pans and the and the um, tweezers to clean it with. There were ten different tools that were used, so seven candles and ten tools. Um, that that makes a little bit more sense. But whatever the pshat is, that's the seventeen, and then the um, the uh, la- the last one of Devarim is twenty two words, along long first basic. That refers to a twenty two givim, twenty-two cups. Now come back, remember the Medreshplia? So that's a Pshat that when it says Pesat Verechayar, the beginning of your words God, bring light. Ibana Pesayim. That, that corresponds to the to the wisdom of the menorah, that taking those forty nine, Moshe couldn't make it miksha. he couldn't unify the whole Torah, because only God understands that. And so Hashem had to make it Miksha and show him the fifty Sharibina. Now just Parenthetically, it's very interesting. There's machlokas in the midrashim whether Moshe got um, the fiftieth level. Some people say that it's Par Aduma, and there's a tanhuma in Parshas Kukas that seems to say that Hashem said to you, "I'll explain para Aduma," but to no one else, so that Moshe got that wisdom. Although other people say that Shlomo Hamelach also got that wisdom of the Par Aduma of that fiftieth shari bina, but most other mafarishim explain that it'll only be something that is accessible in the time of Mashiach to all of us. Um, but obviously this is a very, very significant thing, and that's a shot in in uh, the menorah. So, there's a lot of depth to everything that Groh says, but as you see, he's trying to show that the menorah represents Torah, and we know Chazal, but actually represents Torah Shvalpeh, which we talked about in Hanukkah time, that's what the Yavanah were fighting against, and there's a tremendous amount of Amal, where you have to throw it in the fire and do your part, and the Yavonah Shalom, Yagati Matsasi, he'll help you find it. just want to say a few more words on this idea, because I think that Obviously, we don't use uh, Torah codes or even this phenomenal remez of 49 letter words that add up and, and tying into the menorah and Pesach and, uh, to varacha Yair, which is very, very fascinating. Um, it doesn't prove anything, but we don't need proof. We know there's a rebond but it is awe-inspiring. Um, there's a safer put out by the Talmudim of Rav Chaim Michal Dov that's all. It was Naitre um, Rav's son-in-law, and he was very instrumental in saving thousands of Jews during the Holocaust, and really um, helping Europe as much as possible. And uh, they put out a safer after he passed away called Torah's Chemed. And Chemed is just the initials of his name, Ches Memdala. It is Chaim Michal Dov. And his last name was Weissmandl, And it's a fascinating safer. And what they have is that in his shiurim, he he was very big into Torah codes, and he was one of the groundbreakers that really made it more famous and accessible. And he brings out a fascinating thing I just want to share, which has to do with this Pes- uh, Pesach, the Varech Yar, and again, you see a tremendous congruence, just a couple of auras from him. He says like this, We know from the Zohar that, um, that Yisrael chadu. Hashem and Kal Yisrael and the Torah are all unified, and they're all one, because our entire existence is dependent on Torah. And so, um, if you take the gematria of, uh, the name, uh, Hav- Havaya Hashem, it's, it's 26, and if you add Yisrael to it, it's, um, which is 541, you get 567. And if you take the tough in Beratius, the first word of the Torah, Beratius, which is the beginning of the Torah, Kedosha, and you count 567 letters down later, you get a vav. And from there, you get a, another 567 letters, you get a resh, and another 567 letters, you get a hey, which spells Torah. So you see clearly that Yistro, Baraisa, Kuchir, Rito are totally unified. Now, hold on, he's not finished. The Gemara in Kedushan, Davlamad says, that the Vav and the word Gachon, and that Parsha that's the middle of letters in the Torah. Even though Chazal say, even though many of the discuss this, it doesn't seem to be the middle, and it's not really true, or we don't understand it, and there's many, many, many things that have been said on it. but the Gemara says that that's the middle. Okay. The Gra says, by the way, that it means that middle means something that everything revolves around. That Vav, that, that Vav of the word Gachon, hal Gachon, referring to the snake, is the Sahara that tries to destroy us, and it brings meaning to our life. Tov Ma'od is a Yetzar because it allows us to fight and become the best people we could be because that's the purpose of the Yetzar So the whole Torah revolves around Shvirah hamidos, Shvirah Sayetzar. Anyway, but that's the Pashup Shat. The Gemara says that it's it's the middle of the letters. So it says or vice model, fine, great. So I have the middle of the Torah. So if you count uh, 1,152, which is a gematria of Torah Vizraal from that Vav of Gachon and you go backwards, you get a hay. And from that hey, you go backwards, get a, you get a yud. Okay? And from the hey, and the vav of Gachon, you count forward, okay, another 1,152, you get a hey. So again, you spell yud ke-vav ke. So Torah Yisrael equal Havaya, Hashem, this intricate tying between them. Okay? We're not finished. You look at the Gemara of Baba Basra, he says, the eight psukim from Vayamasham Moshe till the end of the Torah, who wrote them, the Gemara says, Yeshua wrote them, or Moshe wrote them, um Dimma and and Yoshua had to establish them, whatever that means. So, therefore, to a certain degree, the the full aspect of a Torah ends before that. Now, it's not to say he's not saying that it's not counted, but he's just saying that those last eight sukkim are unique unto themselves. And so, therefore, if you count from the last word Yisrael, which comes before before the words Vayama Shamosha, okay, and you count from the lamed of Yisrael, um, one thousand. 337 letters, you will get to an Aleph, and then another one thousand three hundred and and thirty-seven letters, which, by the way, I, I, didn't, I didn't explain that. Um, that's gematra Havaya with the word Torah. That's what it equals. Then you get an Aleph, and a Resh, and a Shin, and a Yud. So you spell Yisrael. So again, you see that the beginning of the words of Hashem, and the end of the words of Hashem, hint to Yisrael, Arise, Akut is unification. Which, by the way, the Chassam Sofer explains that the reason that the menorah represents unification of the Torah Shabbat and the Torah Shabbat is because it has six branches, which is Shishi Seder Mishnah, and it has the middle, which ties it all together, which is the Torah Shabbat, which ties it all together. Okay, so we, therefore, you have the beginning of the, of the Torah, you have the word Torah, the end of the Torah, you have Yisrael, and you have Hashem, and you have everything mixed together. Iyin Shem and Torah Shemedy is a lot more. Okay, but I want to say one more thing. Beginning of Parshas Bereishis, if you count. The words Boracious Bar Um from, if you count the letter tough from Boracious, um and you count fifty letters. Now this is significant because that has to do with 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 uh, the menorah that we we're just talking about. So if, if you count fifty letters, you get a you get a vov, and another fifty letters you get a Resh, another fifty letters you get a hey. So bereatius, and then alpana home is the vav, then by yar elokim, the raish, bayikra elokim, or elo- and then a hey, you mem, la that spells Torah. So you have the beginning of Torah is 50, which is the 50 shari that we're talking about. Again, there's a tremendously, de- tremendous depth here. If you go to the end of the Torah, kol il, shifte Yisrael, shnei maser, vizos ashir, jibar, be- the end of, 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 of say for Bracious, you count the same 50, you get Torah again spelled from that word, vizos asher debr lehma talking about um, Yaakov's last will and testament. We go to Shemos, exact same thing. The top of the word Shemos spells Torah. Go to the end of Shemos, exact same thing. Every 50 letters, it's phenomenal. Beginning of VaYikra, you get it even less. VaYikra El Moshe spells out Yud Ke Vav Ke. VaYik the Yud of VaYikra, right? El Moshe the Hey, VaYidaber Hashem the Vav, elov Moed is again a Hey. So every eight letters you get Havaya. Okay, beginning of Bamidbar, his Talmudim say, we don't remember exactly what he said, but by Dabar Hashem um, al Moshe, you have a He, and then Eretz Mitzrayim, you have a Resh, and then Shemos, you have a Vav, and then Tifidu Osam, you have a Tuf, you have Torah spelled backwards. Why is it backwards? Because we have to learn the Torah, but we also have to make sure that we could give it back, so to speak, to Hashem and say, yes, I kept your Torah. At the end of our life, we have to say that. Devarim, it's also spelled backwards. Again, you have the word HaTorah Hazos, and you have Torah spelled backwards, and you count. Okay. So what do we see? If you count, either it's either 59 or 50, 49 or 50. Every 49 or 50, you find every single beginning of every single uh, safer and the end of every single sefer. It spells out Torah. So again, we see, and again, it's very complex, and it's easier if you see it inside. Look up Torah Eschemed, You could get it on HebrewBooks.org if you want to look it up. Torah Eschemed, by Chaim Michl Dove Weissmandl. We see the intricacy and the depth of Torah. Okay, so that was a little tangent based on some of the words of the Grah, just a little tip of the iceberg. Okay, moving on to Perik, and we're in Baaloscha. We are in Perik, Yud Pasuk Lamedhei, the famous Vayibbim Tzohar Arun Vayomer Moshe. So, when the Aram was traveling, Moshe says, Kuma Hashem Vayafutu HaVecha Vayinusimus Vanecha Make your enemies flee. So, the Gemara in stuff, Tafsamech Gimel says something very strange. It says that in Greek, the word um, Lamas... It, like it says in uh, eov and it says in, um, in Eicha, Haisa Lamas, it, it, the, the word Lamas means dog. Okay? And the Gra says, what's the, what's the shot and, 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 sorry, the Gemara says, Kol Megavo Kal if you have a dog in your house, Hashem, uh, the, Hashem removes kindness from your house, He removes good from your house. Because it says, Lamas Meireu Chesed, Vav. So if you have Lamas, you will have have chesed lacking. So the girl says, "What's pshat? This dog, this mechutzev, is yitzhara. That's samach mem, samach mem, lamas mem, samach, samach mem. It's the same gematria. That's the evil angel, uh, samach mem, or Samuel is his full name. He's the evil angel, which the Yaquit Ruvani says he's the he's the, um, the yitzhara, Sarchal Sutton, etc. All the same. So that's the kelavra. Like the medrash says that there was a the dog." Fools, man, and uh, steals steals everything from him. The dog pretends to be his friend, but he's always trying to exploit the man, the owner. And there's a famous midrash about the Edah Zahar, compares him to a dog, and we find many, many uh, times of chazal that the dog represents the Edah So says the Grub. That's a shot over here. But if you bring the Edah in your house, you lose out a lot of chesed and kindness from Hashem because you're not following his rutzim. Now says the Grub. If you look at Ashray, we're missing the letter nun. So the letters, uh, why is that? Because it represents Nafilah. Says the grub, the letters before and after it are Nun and Samach, right? Uh, uh, I'm sorry, the letters Samach Mem Nun, okay? So when you have Samach Mem, then you have nafila. And so we want to combat that. Um, and that's Lamas, that's the punishment, the pain that the sam- Samach Mem takes over. However, in the Geula time, so then it's going to be that the Nun comes back, and the Kel will be subjugated, and that's the Pshat, that it says over here, V'yanusu misanach Y'anusu means add the Nun there, uh, to interrupt between, uh, between the word Mas, so that you have a Nun in there, and that Hashem um, shows His strength. And that is, that's what's going to happen when you have uh, Lamas, and when the, the Nun is revived, then everything will be better. So that's a very, very fascinating thing. All right. Uh, moving on, we have the Pasuk Parakid, Aleph, Pasuk gimel has an expression, Vayomer Hashem HaMosheh, Yad Hashem Are you questioning me? Do you think I'm not capable? So says the grah. we have to know that the Rebon Shalom is capable of anything. And Bitachon means that we have to rely on Hashem, that Hashem could do anything, and not make Cheshbonis about what He could do or what He can't do. Yeah, there's a shtadlis, but bitachon means, this is an expression of the grah, bitachon means without bitachon. What does that mean? What does that mean? That means that I'm not even, that means that I don't, I'm don't. not relying on Hashem that, oh, you're going to come through and do what I want. No, it means I'm, I'm relying on you that whatever you do is coming through and this is exactly what's best because you know what's best. So there's a famous Gemara. The Gemara says that, um Chavav, Rav Barachana says, that um, sorry, the Gemara says that the Rabbanon did not know what shot in the Pasuk is Hashem <laughs> Yahavcha it says throw in Hashem Yahavcha your Yahav your Yahav and and he'll support you what does that mean? so Raab says one day I was traveling with an Arab and he saw that I was carrying a large load and he said to me give me Yahavcha give me your your load the and put it on my camel and I'll hold it for you so Therefore, that's what yahavcha means. It means your load. Throw on Hashem your, bat, your burden, and he'll carry it for you. It says the Grah. What does that mean? How, how could they not know what yahavcha means? The Pasik, Of course they know what it means. The pshat is like this. They didn't know how far Bitachon went. Does Bitachon mean that you could just say, Hashem will take care of me? and You could even rely on a guy or nothing? You could rely on anything. So Rabbi Rokhanna came and he said, Yes, I was traveling, and I was, it was very heavy for me to carry. And I, and I called out to Hashem, and I said, Hashem, please help me. And the Rebun Shalom sent even this Arab to help me. And, he, and, and not only that, but I never even asked him for anything. The Rebun Shalom said, you're not going to carry this. I'm going to tell this Arab to take it from you, and, and I will carry it, and I will hold it for you. So that's what it's saying, that the Rebun Shalom will take care of you, even if you don't ask. Now, like Rev. Dessler points out, the mitzvah is not to be at your hishtavos. That's not the mitzvah. The mitzvah is to be at your belief in other things. And the more you believe in Hashem, the more Hashem will step up. That's why no one else could tell you when to have Bitochon and when not to have Bitochon. In fact, it's it's a plei, a medrash, but the medrash says that when Hananiah, Bishal and Azariah were going, they knew that that um, that there was a idol that was being set up, and it's showing them whether it was really an idol or not, whether they had to give up their life. Most people say it was not. Um, and and it makes more sense. It was not an idol, but it showed the prowess and power of Babel. And Uchanetzer uh, told them that you are you are from my palace, and you represent the Jews, and tomorrow every, every nation is going to bow to me. And so Hanani and Mishal were debating what to do. We know that ultimately they were willing to die for it, and we know that ultimately Hashem saved them. But here's here's the thing. They went to Daniel and they said to him, this says the Medrash, Rebbe, as he was a Rebbe, um, we plan on giving up our lives and we are not going to bow because we want to make a kiddush Hashem. Are we allowed to do that? And he said to them, go to Yechezkel HaNavi, he's alive, go ask him. Which, by the way, is a little bit of support and needs to be discussed. The Gemara says that Daniel was not a Navi. He was a Chazi, he saw, but he was not a Navi. And this supports that, but whatever that means, not for now. We'll save that for the Tanakh, but yeah, he was a different form of Navi. So they went to Yechezkel. And Yechezkel said heard them out, are we allowed to give up our lives to this? So Yechezkel said, I have a Kabbalah from and my Rebbe, that... Um, that when, when there's a time of, of zam, of anger in the world, um, hide, don't make waves until the anger, the wrath paths, passes, so meaning he was telling them that you could bow and it's okay. So they said to him, Rebbe, we want to know, are we allowed to refuse? and Are we allowed to give up our lives? So he said, let me ask Hashem. So he asked Hashem, and this is what Hashem said, tell them, yes, you can, but I'm not going to save you if you get thrown into a furnace or something happens to you. So he told them, and they said, fine, if that's the case, we're going to we're going to die for Hashem. And then when they left, the Medrash says that Hashem said to, to Hezcal that they can't rely on an ace, but of course I'm going to save them. And that's exactly what happened. They were saved, and made a tremendous kid to Hashem. And that's the story of Hanan Mishal Lazar. So it's a Medrash plea. What does that mean? But the shot is that when it comes to be tachon, it's it dependent on your heart. And once they knew the halacha, yes, I have be tachon, not necessarily that I'm going to get saved, but that I'm doing the right thing and I'm allowed to and it's 100% L'shem Shemayim, then that's their course of action and that's it. But the Rebun Sholem said that I want you to get more schar and so I'm not promising to save you. Phenomenal. Very, very fascinating. All right. The girl writes a phenomenal thing. Why was Yoshua chosen? Not because he was the smartest or the greatest leader or anything like that. No. But because he was Mo- Moshe, because he was the most faithful, and that's what a Talmud is. The Talmud follows his Rebbe faithfully, then he becomes the one who is most fit to carry on his mantle. And that was the greatness of Yeshua. He was Mishorish, Mishorish Moshe, the the attendant of Moshe, from his youngest age. It Moshe ma'od adam says Moshe was the greatest one, probably that ever lived. And the Gemara in Sotadav, Memtasim of Behez, says, Rabbi, butla anava in When Rebbe died, then anava and Yerashchit was lost. And Rebbe Yosef said to the Tana, don't say that. Lo sisni anava, don't say there's no such thing as anava anymore. De'ika anah, which seems to translate as, because I'm here. Because Ika, there is anah, me. So the famous Kasha is, well, that, that's Gaiva, what are you saying? You're saying, don't say that there's no modest people anymore because I'm alive. <laughs> so one answer that's uh, so does stick, it's a very big principle, is that no, he knew himself, he knew who he was. And that was still Anava to know that, you're, that you have Anava. And you have to know who you are. It's not a lack of, lack of self-knowledge. But there's a famous um, answer of the Grah, that that's not what he was saying. Da, Ika, there is Ana. There's a man named Ana, that there was a Amora whose name was Ana. And that's what Yosef was saying. This is brought down by the pre-Shlomo, the name of the Grah. It's printed in Warsaw and Tufferish, Ayin. Gemara, and Brachos, Mem Zion, on a basis where it's printed. So, Rechaim Kanijewski says that I looked through all Yerushalmi, and you could trust him, and I have never found his name, Anna, in anywhere in Yerushalmi, except that in Shabbos, Perak, Vav, alacha, Hey, it says, Anan, Bar, Ime. There's a man named Anan. Um, so, maybe the Grah had a Gersa of Anna. That's one thing. And there's another person that says that um, there's Yerushalmi, Yuma, Perak, Gimel, in the end of Allah Zion, that says, Rev, Inanui, Inanuni. There's Inanuni. And remember, the Yushama uses a lot of nicknames. So, for example, Rev. Eliezer's name was Laser. <laughs> like, we use that name, Laser. So, um, that is, that it, that, it could be that Ananuni was, his nickname was Ana, or it could be that he had a different Gersa uh, that Rev. Anan Bar-Ema was Ana. But Kol Echad Makir's Makir was important. It's not necessarily Gaiva. And finally, the last Ha'arab, Parakud Beis Pasigid Moshe called out his sister Miriam Spoken har about him and got Saras. Moshe calls out Hashem. And the Zohar says a fascinating thing that the Grah brings down here that Moshe had a Kabbalah that if you say the words, the actual words he said were Kel na, please Hashem. "refan na la, please cure her. You said the word na twice. So he had a Kabbalah that if you say the word na twice, it'll be accepted. Um, so na, na, please, please. And he, and the Grah says that that's what Chazal say in the Mesech HaShabbos, Petes that the Malachim gave him a secret. This is the secret that he gave him, that if you say, no, nah, no, nah, twice, you'll be you'll be answered. Now, what is that? I don't know what that means exactly. But what I do want to suggest is that um, the simple reading is that when you stand in front of Hashem and you ask for something, that's one thing. But when you say, please, that means that you know you're fully dependent on him. So the more you say, Hashem, please, Hashem, please, that emotion is what makes the tefillah even more sincere. And so when our tefillahs come, avodah of from our heart, and their supplications, please, please, Hashem, that's the greatest want, That's the greatest answer to our tefillahs. And that is the secret that Moshe was taught, and that's my understanding of it. We should be zocha, that when we dive into Hashem with true sincerity, Hashem should be, and He should listen to us, please, please, give us good children, success, happiness, and only good things in our lives. Thanks for joining us! For more Torah content and to make sure you never miss an episode, don't forget to subscribe and visit us at ParshaThemes.com